hello and welcome to the latest Forever Blue podcast. Uh, my name is Ian Cheeseman and Forever Blue relates to the fact that this is a Manchester City podcast. So if you stumble it on it by mistake, welcome. And, uh, you know, please subscribe and, and listen to us on a regular basis. And if you're a regular listener, thanks very much for listening and your lovely comments when I'm walking around the stadium at games. And so many people come up to me and say they listen and means a lot to me. And if you're one of those people who, for example, listens on the Gold Coast in Australia, so never get the chance to say hello to me, that's appreciated as well because I see your comments on social media. And without the support of Howard solicitors who are based in Stockport, Ashton and Cheshire, I wouldn't be able to do this podcast because obviously we're doing this as a, you know, as a professional podcast representing Manchester City supporters. So big thanks to them. They specialise in all sorts of things, including family law. So if you're going through a separation or you're having problems with access to your children or with social services, then give them a call. They're on 0161 872 And if you, if you are listening on the Gold Coast in Australia, you might think, what use is that to me? Well, they've got a website. It's howardsolicitors.com. And if you go on there, you might get some information that helps you anyway. And if you drop them an email at law at howardsolicitors.com, then they might, the Lancy, I'm sure they will, because they're good people, especially if you tell them that you found out about them on the Forever Blue podcast. So thanks very much again to Howard Solicitors. Now, the three guests that I have on this podcast are three people you've heard before, but three great contributors. Uh, Mark Todd, who is a City fan, who has been going home and away since I was on the football specials as a steward back in the nine, late 1970s. So the, he, I can't get rid of this guy. He's, he's, he's been <laughs> around forever. But not only that, is he a proper... And, and when I said proper, I, I, that's not to dismiss other types of fans. Every type of fan, whether you've ever been to a game or you go home and away, are just as valued as far as I'm concerned. All I'm explaining when I say he's a proper fan is he's one of those that's been going obsessively home and away like me all his lifetime he, he you know his whole life revolves around it so that, that's why I use that expression um Paul who I travel with to European away games um and you know he's a he's a car repairman so he's looked after my car as well he's also another very valued and regular contributor and Andy who is um has mentored me in the past and is a good friend of mine is joining us as well so we've got three great great guests tonight for which I really really appreciate your support guys now, we're going to talk a little bit about the football and obviously City have beaten uh, Tottenham, having been 2-0 down at half-time and come back to win 4-2. And then, as we're recording this earlier today, City beat Wolves by three goals to nil and it was another Erling Haaland hat-trick. Can't stop scoring them, can he? Um, so, City are getting two wins. So, in theory, everything's OK. But after the game against Spurs, after that second half fight back, we saw an unusual Pep Guardiola. I saw some comments suggesting that he was angry and that he was, you know, he's having a go and all the rest of it. I watched the interview and I thought, well, I wouldn't say he was angry or having a go, but I'd say he was more measured, actually, than, than people gave him credit for. However, he did make some strong points about supporters he wanted more noise from supporters and also more of a reaction and passion from his players. And ironically, we're recording this just after Arsenal had beaten United in the Premier League. And at the end of that game, you saw the passion coming through from their players. They scored a last minute winner and you saw, heard indeed, a lot of passion from their supporters. So I guess that's what Pep's talking about. But it has upset a few people. And by the way, have a look at the YouTube channel I have. Have a look at the match day vlog I did. 
because on there were some very eloquent fans, including a guy called Dante Friend, who is from the 1894 supporters group who tries to help generate noise in the stadium. And you see him, you see one or two other fans with really interesting views. And these three, no pressure lads, who are with me tonight, will probably have even better and even stronger views. So to put into context as well, before I let the other three start talking, is that Mark is the city representative on City Matters, which is this group that talk to the club on a regular basis. I'm sure he'll explain more if he feels he needs to, um, but he has the ear, let's put it that way. He and other people on that committee have the ear of the club. And I've seen a lot of talk, for example, even before the Spurs game, of City fans saying, um, how come it, it's it's sort of, 68 quid for a ticket against Spurs. You know, there were some tickets still available um, and 50 quid potentially for a child uh, on this sort of reselling market. There weren't thousands of them, but there were tickets like that scattered all around and it seemed fairly expensive, the prices. And I've seen people commenting already on my, my vlog channel on YouTube. You can see somebody commenting and saying they've stopped going because they feel as if they've been priced out. So... As I said, we'll go through a lot of these points in just a moment. I'm going to start off, though, just by reading something from 2018, which Vincent Company said, who we all obviously adore. He was saying it on the BBC, 2018, and this is what he said. Use that competitive advantage of the Premier League to lower the price of the tickets to fans. You get better home advantage, depending on the atmosphere, than you can create with your own facilities. And that is linked to people who enter your stadium. Those who live for the club are probably more attached to the club than anybody else. But there are always going to be the guys who can afford it, or probably will be those who can't afford it. For every pound you lower the ticket price, if you can recover it in home advantage, you maybe don't have a loss. You could fill the ground with tourists, make more money. They come and spend £400 a ticket. It's nothing for them because it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, like going to the NBA or an NFL game. The question, though affects your product so what he's getting at is that the bigger percentage of corporates and tourists you have in the stadium the worse the atmosphere is going to be and that might be one of the reasons why the atmosphere isn't as good as pep wants it to be there's your tease i'm going to go to mark first because i know that you will have been undated inundated mark by yeah. fans over ticket prices and all sorts of other things. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this whole subject. And, and, and actually, how did you react when you saw or heard what Pep had to say? Well, I was surprised to hear what Pep had to say. But as ever, uh, he's the best manager in the world because he generally gets it right. And actually, I think he was right in this instance to give us all like an electric shock to get the club going again you know to be really hungry to win the league again to be better and I think he wasn't critical of the fans he wasn't critical of the players he was critical of all of us almost himself and he talked about I felt it was interesting that he talked about the organization as well you know he could blame Ferran you know everybody involved he says he understands because he had it at Barcelona they won the league three years in a row and then it was difficult to win it that fourth year and Madrid won it because when you've won the league as often as we have four times in five years, um, it's, it, is, it is hard to go again for all of us, fans, players, backroom staff. And it's probably why players who've come into the club more recently are getting more game time 
because he's seeing the hunger. They've, you know, Jack Green's only won the league once before. Some of the other guys have won it four times. Uh, and he kind of made the point, didn't he? he? Compared us to Arsenal. You know, Arsenal haven't won the league for 20 years. No wonder their fans are going crazy in the stadium when they beat United with a last-minute goal. Uh, I watched the game and the support was brilliant. But we've all heard about Arsenal stadium not being that brilliant in the past. So it is all about the context. And I think he did exactly the right thing to give us all a bit of a, come on, there's half a season to go. Let's all do what we do. You know, fans get behind the team. Players play faster, quicker, uh, more aggressively. And I, I think it was almost a rallying call for the second half of the season. And it worked. I actually thought today, without being the best we can be, it was a bit like City can be today. In patches, Kevin was off a little bit still when he could, you know, he can always be the best player in the world uh, on his day. But we were still much better, much quicker, and we were dynamic. And that's even when we won at Chelsea, I wouldn't say we were dynamic. We weren't our old self. So I have no problem with him saying what he said. No fans like to get criticised by the manager, but I think he he put it in context. So it was fine by me. And then, of course, the most important thing was, did he get a reaction? Yes, he did. Paul, what was your reaction when you heard what Pep had to say? <clears throat> um, exactly the same, to be honest. I think uh, Pep had some comments, was it last season maybe? And he'd, he'd had a bit of a go with the fans and and, and stuff. And I took that a little bit more personal than I took this one. Um, yeah, I agree with I that, think, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, 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 saw, I, I read the sort of transcripts of it because it was all over social media, you know, um, you know, talk sport and all. You was all having a go to basically inflame the situation. Um, you know, the pundits did the usual hatchet job on him and, and all the rest of it. Um, but I, I took it as soon as I sort of saw it that he he's it was a wake up call for him and for everybody like Mark's just said and I and I took it as a as a come on guys you know this is this is we need you to help us get over this line. It's been tough, you know, we we still we've still got COVID hanging about. Um and with the World Cup the season it's been it's been it's been so dis disjointed. Um I think we've played on every Every night, um, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We've, the games have just been, you know, you can't get your, your body clock, if you like, used to the games. So they're always difficult when it's, they're out of sync. It's hard enough when you've got a 12 o'clock kickoff, um, you know, to get yourself, you know, motivated to do it. Because we do work hard and we have got lives and, you know, we're basically a working class fan base. So, you know, most people are working. Midweek games are difficult for a lot. So I, I, heard, I heard it from Pep and I didn't think, oh, to stuff you. You know, who do you think you're talking to? You, we, we pay, you pay your wages and blah, blah, blah. I saw it. Yeah, you know what? He's right. Because yeah. we have got complacent. The players, the staff, the, the fans, we've all got complacent, even to the point of where, you know, we, We've always said the same old city, you know, we, we, you know, we can always throw a bad game in in our typical city and blah, blah, blah. But we're all used now to sitting back and watching this mesmerising at times football. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make you get on your feet. It doesn't, it's not exciting. You know, it's, it's mesmerising and it's great to watch, but it's not exciting stuff sometimes. And that's what we, we, we do lack, and that's what gets the crowd going. But sometimes you, the fans need to 
help the team out, you know, when it's in a difficult game. And and today, um, I saw a mark from, from, from minute one, we were singing everything. We were singing for everything. Anybody touched the ball, we were cheering, we were singing. I thought it had, in, in, in the area of the ground I was at, because it's sometimes difficult, you think the atmosphere is great, and it's only great in your bit, because you can't hear the rest of it because the acoustics. Um, but from, certainly from where I was, I got the impression that fans had heard what Pep had said, they took it on board and agreed with him and were trying to motivate the players as best they could today. Ironically, uh, City fans being City fans, you know, we... Uh... MCFC, okay, we never win at home, we never win away and all that. They actually were singing today, I don't know if you were one of them, Paul, um, you know, 3-0 in the library. Um, yeah. The City fans actually sang yeah. that. Yeah, which, uh, the, so that I was, was, quite we, funny, I was really. part of that, yeah, yeah. And it's, that's <laughs> typical City sense of humour. Mm-hmm. You know, so Andy, um, what, 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 what have you got to say about what Pep said to begin with before we go into the detail much more? Well, I think he threw his toys out of the pram in an extremely well thought out and measured fashion. <laughs> exactly. Good, good. Okay. Point. And I think good that pretty much is the common uh, agreement here that he doesn't do things by the heart. He does it all by the head. He knew exactly what he was doing. He gave the away fans a little bit of a tick, which I'm sure we'll come on to, uh, saying how they were, that my away fans is the best. Um, which leads then open a whole discussion point about why that is. So certainly I think he knew exactly what he was doing and it's not a surprise either to to see him uh, dealing with players in a much more disciplined fashion. You know, we've had one player being called overweight. There's another one today not quite fit. Uh, there are players like Rico Lewis getting game time. Um, and I think there's some some messages coming out there for the players and he gave us one. He just said, I need more from you as well. And I think he got that in buckets today. Um, and I think, you know, that that's, that's, tells you everything, especially when you get the ironic chanting, you know, everything's OK. I think just to touch on company's uh, point quickly, though, um, as a fellow alumni of Manchester Business School, I know that company would not have been able to say those things he said without rigorous research and referencing of facts, okay? And this was before COVID 2018. So we hadn't had the empty stadium effect then. And we, and his thesis was then proven to be correct when stadium were empty and away teams won more. So Vinny, bless him, he's doing a great job managing Burnley, but he's also a very, very smart bloke and he knows what he's talking about. And I think he's, I'm sure we'll talk about his suggestions, but there's, there's more than a grain of salt in what he said. One of the messages you sent me this week did ask a little bit about the empty stadium. So let's let's sort of touches on 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 what the other lads have said as well. Um, City won the league, of course, when the games were all played behind closed doors. And I said at the time that I felt that um, that suited City because the, the tempo was slightly lower. And this sort of slick training ground type football that City play, which is as near to perfection, in my opinion, anyway, as you can possibly get. They didn't. The City team didn't have to deal with the opposition um, being egged on by a voracious crowd that encourages fouls, that encourages yeah. time wasting, and all sorts of other things. Look at Anfield and, that season. Uh, yeah, four one, wasn't it? And we've we've played that well against them every time there and not come away with the result. 
So you're absolutely right about that. I think we, uh, if they could ban all of us fans all the time, I'd be great at. <laughs> fans in the Listen, years. They used to play in a library. Come on, no, that's it. So you know, it Paul, Paul mentioned. Paul mentioned, you know, that, that that when you're passing around, it's hard to get, you know, excited and to cheer on. Which I guess if you were a Wimbledon fan in the old days, you know, and you and you were launching balls up to some big target man, and so it was all being cleared away out the penalty area. That lent itself more to a crowd going, go on, go on, go on. Whereas if you're just passing it around. Uh, in, in just on the halfway line from you know stones out to one side and then back through Akanji and and Ake out to the other side whilst that retains possession and controls the game and obviously nobody would get frustrated in an empty stadium you just thought oh shouting at your telly or whatever if you don't like it but that type of football doesn't lend itself to people getting excited is that but it's, it's partly it's it's partly not City's fault. I mean, especially at home, most sides come and do what they love to call a low block. So they, you know, they basically operate in just the last third of the pitch. They go from a back four to a back five, which they don't normally do. So Jack Grealish gets the ball as three men to be. So it it's not. I mean, City is so good. That if somebody wants to come and play us, it's almost like cutting your own throat. So they don't. So you're bound to have a lot of possession without anybody pressing you and be looking for the gaps. We like, we're like a victim of our own success to a degree. So that's when, if you go to City Stadium and play Liverpool or when we play Chelsea, even in the League Cup, you know, two teams having a right go at each other. It's fantastic. So once teams come to players, the excitement's there because the football's fantastic. Obviously, if we're having to keep the ball at the back and in trying to find gaps, it's, it's not going to be like that. It tends to get better as the game goes along. If we get one up, they've got to come out, that kind of thing. A couple of the people on the vlog today have basically said, "Think you must, you must watch it. A couple of fans have sort of said, um, Pep needs to have a word with Ferran Soriano or somebody within the club and, and explain if, you know, the, the things that he wants and, and find out what's going on. And, and obviously, you know better than anybody, Mark, about the, the debate about the price of tickets. You know, I've used this example before when we played Hamburg a few years ago and the game was looked dead and buried and prices were dropped and suddenly every man and his dog could go because there were, you know, not, not high prices. The atmosphere was electric. It was completely different. So it is money related, this, isn't it? Well, what do the other guys think? I mean, I can, I can, I can, shall I fill you in on that, partly how the clubs see it? Because I think that informs quite a bit of this. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a I'm a supporter, so I feel the same as you. I I I would and on my heart say ticket prices. Don't forget this is ticket prices for one-off match tickets. I think they're far too high. If you look at the price of season tickets per match, we've got some of the best prices in the league. Mm. So you can actually get um, a two hundred ninety-nine pound adult season ticket at City, the gold one I think they call it, Value Gold, where they choose the seat for you. Mm -hmm. So there's some there are people in the ground watching every game, including Liverpool, United, Tottenham, for 300 quid a season. So that's a phenomenal product. We have um, old, a old OAP tickets that are really reasonable behind the goals. We have kids' tickets that are cheap. You can get fa like family stands. So across the board, in, especially in season tickets, we have fantastic pricing, I think. And I'd, I'd support the club in many ways in what they're trying to do. What they would say, right, and this is where the debate gets interesting for me, 
is we have a lot of season ticket holders. We have 36,000 season ticket holders. We have miles more than United and miles more than Liverpool, as I understand it. I believe Liverpool's is something like 24,000. Now, that's because they worked out the model, which you're all talking about, which is somebody coming to one game. He's happy to pay 70 quid. Might be the only game a year or even every two years. They don't care. It's like going to a pop concert. So they, they're happy to pay 70 quid for a match and then spend in the club shop and do all the other things that we know what people call day trippers do. They're still City fans usually, but, you know, they do. So if you think about it, if we've got 36,000 people who are season ticket holders and then 3,000 away fans, there's actually not loads of tickets available for match day. So in terms of the club making more revenue out of tickets, it's a relatively small number of tickets, relatively. You know, it's just all between 10 and 14,000 or something, if I've got my maths right. And some of those seats, of course, are corporate seats, you know, and we've increased some of those. So their argument after that, all those facts is we've, we, we think we've got great products in season tickets. If we're going to increase revenue, which financial fair play puts pressure on us to do, yeah, don't forget there's that then the best place to make revenue is match day tickets. And their argument is we usually sell out. So just in business terms, they think they've got the pricing right because we do sell out. If we had thousands of tickets unsold, they'd have to visit it again. Tottenham was a strange one because it was a match obviously moved. Was it the match that was moved when the Queen died? I think it is. So much earlier in the season, meant to be a weekend, <coughs> Um, if it had been played at that time, we'd have had 36,000 season ticket holders and very, and people would have been paying this 60, 70 quid to get in. It was different because a lot of supporters uh, used the ticket exchange because they couldn't come to a Thursday game. Maybe if they were travelling, you know, Thursday night, not easy. So we had more people giving their tickets back in than normal because you're also on that scheme guaranteed your money. Because if you have used I don't know if anybody uses it, I don't. But yeah, when, I do. Yeah, if you have to use it for, for time to time, not most games, you, you put your ticket up for sale. If it sells, you get a 19th back of your season ticket price. If it doesn't, you get nothing. For Tottenham, United, Liverpool, the bigger games, they've now, we got them to do this, <laughs> with a guarantee to give you the money. So you know when you put it up, you've got your money. So it, what it actually did, strangely, had the effect of encouraging people to sell their tickets back to the club. Now, ticket pricing is another issue, but that's why we had loads of empty seats, about 300. It wasn't thousands. We had 300 to 400, I think, at the top of the south stand. Other places, there was twos and threes and sixes. But at the top of the south stand, there's quite a few. Uh, and I think they were people who'd already bought the ticket and paid for it. So remember, the seat has been paid for, but they posted it on the ticket exchange and it didn't sell. And that's why there were tickets available. It wasn't that they hadn't sold out. They hadn't resold out. If we weren't fans and you were looking at, at Manchester City as a business, which is obviously yeah. what the owners are doing, I can understand um, what they're doing. Well, whether I agree with it or not, it's not the yeah. point of this of this comment. It's I can understand what they're doing. They're trying to maximise yeah. profit, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. However, when your manager then says there's no atmosphere. Absolutely. That goes exactly opposite of what that is. So yeah. to me, it seems that there needs to be more consistency. Either the club accepts that by having the business model that they've got, then you will lose atmosphere. Or you say, we're not bothered. The money isn't as important. We want atmosphere. But you can't have it 
both ways, can you? But it was, I'll let the other guys know, but today was quite different, wasn't it? I thought the atmosphere today was very different from the, now it's partly because Pep gave everybody a rocket and quite right too. And I think that had a massive effect. But I do think there were fewer people. I mean, one more fact for you. Quite often at the game, I was astonished by this. Quite often at the game, 12,000 of our season ticket holders are not in the stadium. That's not unusual, that. So they've either not come, just not turned up because um, this they, they all might have good reasons, or they've given it to somebody else, like I've transferred it to Paul, for example, or you know Paul's mate or whatever, or they put it on the ticket exchange. And so so uh, sometimes a third of people are, who have bought the season ticket can't make it to the game, and it, it it does matter about when it is, what time it got moved, all those things. I actually think the club should have done something because once it moved from a Saturday early in the season to a Thursday night in a freezing cold period of January, they needed to be a bit more creative for me. <laughs> probably got more people who, who fit uh, Vincent Company's explanation of people coming to a one-off game. Probably had more coming to a one-off game for that game than we will against Wolves or the next one or the next one or the next one. I, I do think it was just a bit unusual, that game. I think, Andy, that you're sitting there ready to... Uh... They come impart a lot of knowledge here, so away you go. Well, um, Ferran Serrano wrote a book. You might have read it. It's called Goal. The ball didn't go in by itself, or the ball doesn't go in by itself. And it was, I think it was part of his MBA, to be honest. And um, it was during the time he was writing his resignation letter to Barcelona. And if you read that, you get it 100%. And I recommend everybody to, to, to it's very difficult to get hold of, I think. In, in hardback form, but it's well worth a read. And it was Danny Wilson actually who recommended it to me to read it. And basically what that says is it's all about money. If you've got the money, you can buy the players. If you've got the players, you can have the beautiful football, which we, we keep seeing quoted in the financial accounts every year. And that's all about the beautiful football. If the beautiful football's there, everything else takes care of itself. And that model has been proven through many, many clubs, Real Madrid, Man United, many, many clubs. So, so you know, you can debate it all you like, but that's the fact. <clears throat> You're able to do more with more money. And that's built around the American sports model, basically. And the American sports model says it's not about football or uh, ice hockey or basketball. It's about entertainment. Mm. And what we're being fed now at home is a blend of beautiful football and entertainment. We don't get that when we go to away grounds. We get maybe Z cars or, you know, uh, you'll never walk alone being sung, sung to us or that crap that leads sing. You know, it's just you don't <laughs> get um, flashing lights and, and banners saying how wonderful City are. You don't get that. Um, you just get a little bit of history. Uh, we're the only ones doing that. And, th and that's because, and they're proud of doing this because it makes it a grand day out. I'm yeah. quoting the financial report, the grand day out. So what we're doing is we're attracting the grand day outers for the, what is it, 29,000 non-season ticket holders plus the 12,000 that might be on ticket exchange. So in, 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 a, in a perfect storm, everybody could sell their ticket for the A game um, and we'd have 55,000 day trippers there uh, unless it's limited to how many can go on the ticket exchange. I'm, I'm not fully aware of that. I know that 
I have four seats um, with the family and we couldn't get rid of them for love the money until this season on the ticket exchange. Suddenly they're climbing over the walls to come and buy your ticket off you. So that's why the club's offering you a guaranteed um, payout for, for, for some of the top games. So it's all about the money and I understand that, but actually match day revenue is a tiny part of City's income. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it's eight percent of the total turnover of Manchester City Football Club, yeah. and they had to they had to adjust their accounts this year and put another five million in, which was coming from the from the caterers that they'd forgotten to put in the years before. Just an accounting fact. And still, although we can't compare year on year because of COVID, we're not getting any more revenue from Match Day than we got in twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen. I suspect, however. That the, this year, the full year, 22-23, it'll go up from 58 million, probably upwards of 65 or something like that, I'm guessing. But you're talking about a 680 million turnover business. It's tiny, and the biggest revenue they get is from winning things and then being able to attract uh, sponsors. And, you know, that goes up massively when you become a bigger club. So if you've got your former captain who four years ago says, Listen, home advantage, it's massive. Mm. There are things you need to do. I'm awfully sorry, Ferran, but you've missed the ticket on this one because what you should be doing is saying, what can I do, everything I can do, to make sure we get the maximum home advantage? And putting the ticket prices up is absolutely opposite to everything that Vincent said. And all we're doing is attracting the four, £500 a day as, you know, I've had, I've had, Four Portuguese sit in front of me for the Tottenham game, all coming to see Bernardo and Diaz and Cacheo and 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 they paid a fortune to come. And today, another four uh, again, you know, for, and, and, and they're great. You know, some of them spend half the time watching the match through their phones, but but that's their grand did, day out, and the club the, wants them. The ticket, where did they get the ticket from? On a corporate do, or did they buy them? No, 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 no. Very openly, as you probably know. The club has a number of official travel agents. Yeah, that's and, yeah. And, and I won't go into too much detail, but I've had to complain many times to the to the relevant people who I know very well uh, about the fact that we have you know fans from other clubs who buy tickets through these official sellers, and um, and and it's not as bad as it was because everyone wants to see Erling. And therefore, you're getting more. I think the Norwegians have stopped going to Anfield, and they're all in in, in uh, Yeti. Yeah, and and there's abs- there's absolutely no way if you're going to put more and more people who are interested in the grand day out generating atmosphere. Not a chance. Forget but you've it. got to, you've got to remember that the at the moment, yeah, if everybody buys a season ticket, gives it to their friend, or turns up at the match rather than selling it back at the ticket exchange. Everybody comes to the bloody game. And I know we can't all. We've all got times when we can't. So don't get me wrong. I'm not disrespectful if we can't make a match. The opposite. But there's only 13,000 tickets in that stadium available to buy for a Premier League match if everybody who buys the season ticket comes to the game. So there's it works a little bit both ways. And I actually... And I, I've actually... I've written something that I'm posting on the Facebook group. I have just a Facebook... It's not a public one. It's just for... Uh, uh, season ticket holders who want to join it basically and I feed back information that I get from City that I'm allowed to and one of the things I'm going to say to everybody is hold on to your season ticket for grim death don't let it go ever 
ever. If you think, oh, I can't afford it one season, I'll come back in two years' time. Because they ain't going to increase the numbers anytime soon. Because they don't, I know, that it's interesting what you said, Andy, about the, and I haven't read the book, but I will now, you've suggested it. The idea that you need the money to play the beautiful Johan Cruyff, Pep Guardiola football, and then it all looks after itself. Very interesting that, because every time we've talked to the club about pricing, whatever it might be, you can see in their eyes that thinking, Fran's not going to like this. We can't go to him and say, oh, the tickets for the cup are a bit dear, or you know, it's too dear. You can see they can't even, they don't even go from us and tell the higher ups that we think that. I know they don't, because they're totally driven by getting the revenues up. And, and well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what one little insight that 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 Farhan uh, and Danny came around to our box, the company I run. We had a we've had a corporate facility at City for since '92, since the Umbro stand, right. and um, and he come around to meet some of the fossils from the hospitality section, and for some reason they introduced me, and I said, "What's your goal? What is the one thing that you want to achieve?" And he said, "Oh, that's easy. Um, I want." A, a million dollars of turnover for the City Football Group. It wasn't a football goal. No. And I'll just and, and that and then right. and then I got recommended to read his book and then I read it. I went, there you go. Right. We, we know what we're after, and you just confirmed it. <clears throat> that, uh, yeah. But there's there's a reality to that, and I get that. But we can't have then his operations director on the pitch telling us that we're all quiet for forty five minutes. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. it's got to be consistent. Well, I, I, I'll tell you what I think about it in terms of pricing and all the rest of it. I think what they say has validity. It's not that they're wrong. I mean, yeah, of course it is. You don't get, you don't get Erling Haaland and Kevin on long-term contracts unless you've got the dope pay them. I get that. But there's got to be, they've got to get the balance right. I mean, and do you know what? I, something they did recently, which isn't quite, isn't quite the same as pricing, they told us they wanted to increase the number of members because all those old fossils of a 36,000 season <laughs> went far too long. Like exactly as you've said, they want new fans because new fans don't go to the game and go straight home. New fans go and buy a scarf. New fans go and have a tour and all that. So um, they wanted more people to become match day members. So I said, well, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Every City fan wants the fan base to, you know, you're like, we want more City fans. We're not going to want less. And what it was actually about was revenue. It wasn't about having more fans at all. So what it was about is getting people to pay the uh, 30 quid so that they pay 30 quid so they feel closer to the club. So what they then did, started changing the criteria for buying home tickets. So if you look at our fixtures this season, if you go to the Leeds game, which is a few weeks off, we don't even know what day it's going to be yet, but they're only available to match day members. So you as a season ticket holder can't buy one for your friend or your son or whatever it might be. You're not even allowed to do that. And, not, and they, they've said to the people who are interested, you get an exclusive go at match tickets. This guarantees you a go at match tickets. Guess what? The number of members has doubled. So they've been proved right. They've been proved right that they've increased revenue by doubling the number of members. They've been able to put the price of match day tickets up because these members are happy to pay as a one-off, 50, 60, 70 quid. But what they don't seem to get is that you've got pissed off uh, season ticket holders then who want to buy a ticket. So I've said to them, look, I see where you're going. What about the balance? Yeah, what about getting the balance right? Give these people a window at the beginning, but then open the window to people like us to buy a spare ticket. So I've tried to get them to talk about the balance. And I think that's what they're getting wrong at the moment. And exactly what Andy said there, it's all very well to go chasing the dollar to 
makes a multi multi billion pound business for all the football reasons as well as business reasons. But they do need to get the balance right. And if Pep's going to make comments like he's made again, they've got the balance wrong then, haven't they? They need to rebalance it a bit. I think I know you well enough, Paul, to be able to describe you as a a simple football fan and know that you don't mean I'm, in, I'm insulting you by saying that. Um, but you, are, you know, we're hearing two people here. Uh, Andy is a businessman, a highly successful businessman who is looking this very analytically as a businessman. And, and that's very valuable to what we're talking about. We've got Mark who's ensconced in the, you know, in the fandom and the and the city matters. And so meant in the nicest possible way, and take it as a compliment, please. <coughs> You're just a simple football fan, Paul. When you listen to all this of your beloved Manchester City, how do you react to it all? Um <clears throat> yeah, we've got to take it all on board because it's it's not the man city that we used to have. You know, it's certainly changed over the years. So we can't compare the two to what used to be at Main Road and what we've got now. Different products, different, you know, the Premier League different and all the rest of it. So these there's more factors. I think I think the basic thing to do is when we when we're talking about atmosphere, is what creates an atmosphere. Um now whether you like to hear it, or you don't like to hear it, alcohol is a massive part in creating the atmosphere. I'm not saying everybody has to be lathered and you know make a fool of themselves alcohol massively plays a part you know the match day experience for me is meeting with my pals we meet early as we get our wives will let us out um we we get congratulations by the way on the new wife (laughs) (laughs) yes yes. i might be needing that to solicitor (laughs) very shortly with this season as it is um so, you know, we, we meet early, we have a few beers, we all have the right, you know, regime that we do, and, you know, match day things that we do. Uh, we then get in the ground um, and, you know, I like to think, I, I can't understand that. I do, I do get it, but I can't understand how um, you can sit in your seat and not sing or not cheer or not, you know, get angry or frustrated and vent that with noise. Um, you know, if... There's certain parts of the ground which are more vociferous than others. Um, I have been in other parts of the ground. Um, I, I, I'm in the, the Block 111, which is right on the seg line and the, the east level sort of first, first tier. Um, so, you know, we, we kind of call the singing section and all the rest of it. Um, I've been in other parts of the ground. I've been with Andy in the corporate and I've been all over the place. And um, one game that sprung to mind for me um, took my grandson to his first game. Um, we played Everton in the FA Cup, I think it was. Um, so we went in a different part of the ground. It's basically where I am now, but in the opposite corner. So where the players come out, you know, on the left-hand side. So I've been telling him all about the atmosphere and how, you know, great his match day experience. And he was loving it. You know, we we, we got in the ground. The game started and we, we, you know, I stood up singing and he stood up singing with me, you know, learning the songs. And all I got around me was people telling me to sit down. Sit down for what you can't see the game and all the rest of it. So I thought, well, no, fair enough. You know, it might be at the wrong time of the game we're doing it. But it wasn't. It was throughout the whole game. And I got to the point where I was arguing with people because I'm sort of like trying to say, I'm trying to teach my grandson what it is to be a football fan at the ground. And, you know, and, and you know, and it was, it was silent. You know, it was like being in a library and we were politely clapping. They might as well have gone to the opera. 
you know, that to me. And I'm sat there thinking, this isn't what what's going on. You know, what's going on? Why are people doing this? Because I I'm, you know, I'm I'm a kid of the kid back. You know, I was I've always this is this football to me is where I get rid of my 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 stress, my tension, my aggression. And you know, I, I, it's a big part of my mental health is going to the football. Um and I get rid of it there. And when you've got people telling you to sit down, I hate going to Wembley. I hate going to Wembley because I have to sit down. It's the only it's the only time I have to sit down. Because I go to an away game, I can stand up. I can stand up where I am in the ground. I go to Wembley, I have to sit down. And the match experience for me is absolutely shocking because I need to vent me. I need to get out me, me, you know, me, me passion. And I can't understand anybody. That, I mean, Andy's the same. I know I, I, I can't speak for you, Mark, but I know Andy's the same because I've been in the corporate sections with him and he's forever being told off for, for, for singing and, you know, standing up and, you know, and I've been in there a few times. We've always, that's why we have the back row. So I exactly. Don't yeah, yeah. We, we, we can stand <laughs> up there because we just get in the way of the cameraman. <laughs> but it is, I mean, to me, the match day experience is, is generated by, you know, the, the, the fans, alcohol, because, it you know, people loosens their, um, you know, sometimes they, they might feel awkward singing. Perhaps. When they've had a drink, everybody's on karaoke, so everyone has to sing. Um, we can do it as fans. I've been in that ground um, on match days and there's not a better feeling, I don't care what you say, when the whole stadium's either up doing a positive or singing a song. The whole stadium gets up and does it. It's absolutely... I've got goosebumps now just telling you about it because that feeling is fantastic. So we can do it. I don't understand why we don't do it. Maybe it's because people are sick of being told to sit down or whatever. I don't know. I can't answer that because this the part of the ground I'm in is, is you know, we're vocal. Um, but, you know, getting getting fans of like mind, lo, you know, local people with passion is a massive big part of getting an atmosphere going. I get that. There, has, there is obviously, we do need to have, you know, fans coming in, spending loads of money at the shops and all the rest of it. We do need that. And it's like Mark said, we've got to get that balance right. Um, for me, I, I just don't understand why fans and anywhere in the ground can't get up and express but themselves. But don't you think? Don't you think? Uh, don't you think it was not much different than Main Road? I mean, I sat in a flat lane, and the flat lane moaners were legendary, weren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we have we have. I know it's a long time ago. We should bang on about them days. Wooden benches. Yeah. No. Flat Lane and the main stand, you know, they could they could give you a run for your money on miserable sods who sat there not seeing. They were dead people. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we, oh, we can all put our blue tinted glasses on the ground. And maybe it's a city thing. Maybe who knows? I don't know. But I got yeah. your, your friends of mine who go to Anfield. It's not rocking in there every time they play. It is when they play us or they play United or Everton. But if they they're at home to Bournemouth and it's nil nil with twenty minutes to go, it can be quiet. I I do think. <laughs> We shouldn't get on our own backs too much. I think oh. the atmosphere. I I I don't sit down that end. I'm in Colin Bell, but I think the noise that comes from the south end of the stadium most of the time is brilliant. It was excellent today, and and on a really good day. I mean, that's six three against United. Yeah. The place is absolutely rocking, and oh. it's as good an atmosphere in our ground as it is anywhere else on the right day in the right moment. Yeah, it was interesting that that United game. I was in a box above there family stand and I've never heard the family stand 
sing since we moved to yeah, yeah. it's funny yeah. isn't it that mate is the bottom yeah. line though no that not though that you know because you've talked about the you know the business element of it and generating money and everything and that's not going to go away you know to to keep all the players that we want to keep city at the level that we want to be at that isn't going to go anywhere so is it not just a fact of life that um the you know i i would suggest and i know it's a little bit cliched and i don't want to sound cliched but generally the person who likes a drink that you're talking you know that you need a, a you know a bit of alcohol I, as it happens I don't drink you know so I'm I'm saying this from a point of view of a of a non-drinker but I can see it I can acknowledge it you know you go to a an away game and and you know that you know everybody's walking around with a pint in their hand and that away end and that way section is the noisiest bit you know and it's the same when you go in the south stand in that lower tier as i did today before the game to go and talk to people there is a whole new bar in that area that goes back quite well yeah. into the stand and people are packed in their drinking uh, whereas if you go into the main stand or you know the colin bell stand where i sit Yes, there is a bar there, but there is a lot less activity. I'm not saying there's none, but there's a lot, lot less activity. And when I look around at the people in the Colin Bell stand around me, I tend to see perhaps slightly older people um, and looking at the way that they dress, perhaps people who are slightly better off. Whereas when I go into the South stand, I see people who are not as well off and you know, like a drink and go for a completely different reason. Do they tend to be younger as well? Yeah, they tend to be younger as well. So, it's also, we, yeah, you're right. We, well, isn't this, isn't this, isn't this, yeah, we, do we not just accept that that, that is the way no, it is? And that no. Pep actually saying to the fans, you know, en masse, you know, I like my away, my away fans, which could be translated to be where you are at home as well, Paul, and where that South Stand lower is. He likes them, but the rest of them he doesn't. But actually, they're the one ones that Ferran Soriano and the people who run in the business side of the club, they're the ones that they want more of them and less of the noisy ones, really. Um, well, there's, there's, there's a solution, all right? I believe in this this close. In, they want to develop the ground. And I'm sure that the only logical option for space and for atmosphere creation and all these things is you put a spying cop up where the family stand is. Yeah. And you invite and you invite all of the oiks who've been 20,000 plus points as first knockings for a seat in there, right? And no one gets in there unless they've been at least a season ticket holder for five years. I'm sure Mark can sort out all the criteria with City Matters that they'll get to get it right. But what you want to do is you want to create exactly what 10,000 people or 8,000 or whatever it will be want to do on match day, and that is fill up with a gallon of beer and go and sing your heart out for the blues. And you should you should engineer that whole end to get all those people away from all the places in the ground where they're frustrated now and basically do what you want with the rest of the ground. You know, do what you need to for revenue, whatever, and find the best place to stick the away fans, if necessary, behind netting. But get them away from being able to generate atmosphere. And that's what we should be doing. If you want, if Pep wants what he wants, the club can work very. I'm sure they can work really well with the fan groups to come up with a solution. But that would be the skeleton I would start with. 
I actually completely with what you're saying, Andy, apart from one thing. I'm surprised that you're saying that because you're an away fan and you've travelled all over the world with Wales and you go, oh, stick the away fans behind some netting. Yeah. All right, they might be the opposition supporters, <laughs> but let's respect them because we want respect when we go away. So I disagree with you on that. But well, on, yeah, man. I mean, being, being locked in for three hours in Belgrade is one of my favourite experiences and being fireworks lobbed at me. <laughs> but, 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 but that's you, you take that as an away fan and you're there and you know you, the netting you can't focus on the game and all the rest of it no let's, let's respect gods. away fans let's respect well, away fans yeah, the, 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 the problem you the problem you've got is with that is is you know Ian, what what you're saying I, I, I sort of agree with you but we've 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 tried respecting the away fans on two matches um the, mm-hmm. the liverpool fans um you know through um, you know, heavy laden coins onto a, a, a four 15 year old girl and split her head open. Uh, we had the same in the last tech game that they put the fans behind Chelsea, the home yeah. fans at Chelsea. We had the same incidents going on there. So the only way, because they can't behave, the only way that they can do it is put them behind the netting or you put them on the lower tier, but then you're going to get um, the, the home fans probably dropping coins on them. So, you no, know, the only way to do it is is you know you either behave yourself or you get treated like an animal, and you know unfortunately, and you know you, you, you're right. I I totally agree with it, and you know every time we go to European game, they have they have this. The way the ground's set up, they can only I think they can only have the 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 away fans in that area because of the parking, and they can get them straight out onto the coaches and straight out of the ground. I think that might be. Bottom. An issue. I don't. I don't know. Mark might know. Yeah. No, it is. It is. Well, yeah. <laughs> so they've got to be in. They've got to be in there. Now I prefer the, the away fans being on the bottom tier, so that I can abuse them. So I, 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 I quite like having them on that bottom tier, um, and it g- does generate a great atmosphere at that end because we're singing at them and they're singing back at us. So you know you it, do get that. Yeah. Funny to say. So. The redevelopment of the North Stand, there's a consultation, this, this is what a club tells me, but don't trust a word they say because they never do what they say. But they, they say it's going to be February, March. Supporters will be able to come to the club, go in, look at some ideas, make comments. And something that's gaining traction, which I agree with Andy on, is to create, basically, I'm, I'm calling it the new Kipax, basically. But basically, yeah, yeah. big city end down there. Now, the best version I've ever seen of that in England is the Wallet Spurs. Without a doubt. It works brilliant. They are noisy. Spurs has never been noisy. They've blown a place up apart with the noise to get out of that. And I think the way Andy's suggesting it is exactly right. Now, how we make manufacture getting the right fans in there is one thing. Pricing is massive to that. Making sure that doesn't become expensive. Giving people a move. But you've almost got to build it as a cop, if you want to call it that, of some kind. And almost um, promote it as that. That's the place to go. That's going to be. That's why I'm an oldster, so I like the idea of a kipak. But whatever you call it, it doesn't matter. But you make that the end. That's going to be our end. We've got the whole end, and the away fans are down the other end. Now, some people will still want to stay near the away fans. I can imagine Paul thinking, "I'm stopping down here." <laughs> and there's no wrong with that. When you go to when you go to Leeds United, they, they um, they've got yeah. a cop. Even call it. I think the cop. So they've got supposedly the noisy end at one end, and then they've got the fans that like to be near the end. So we'll get a bit of both then. But I couldn't agree more. One of the things that we have got that's a slight problem, which is a bit boring and technical, is if they're going to build a new stand at that end rather than an extra bit on top, 
we'd lose that stand for a season. And I think the way they're thinking is, you know, the lower tier is actually below ground level. The coming mm-hmm. in. I think it'd be quite hard to make it one great big sweep. I think what they might do, from what I've heard, and I've not got any inside knowledge on what their preferred is, is keep the lower tier as it is, have a little gap, and then one massive tier above that. So it would be big. And yet you'd get about, I think, you'd get something like nine or 10,000 on one big sweep because they're looking at 7,000 on the top anyway. Mm. So the extra, I think we'll get 7,000 extra seats out of the redevelopment. So if you add that to the lower, uh, the up the level two that's there, it'll be about nine or 10,000. And that'd be a brilliant end to have that. I think yeah. that'd work really well. But that's, that's my preference. I'd love it to be one if they can do it. But what I definitely don't want at that end is three levels because it just splits the fan base up. And that's mm. that's why the South Stand, if it was one big stand, it'd be twice as noisy, I think. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Built like I that. completely agree. Yeah. You know what seems, of course, that, that, that City won't want to build a big section of corporate in that new end. But, well, um... they might do. But do you know what I think they're more likely to, if you don't know mind me saying? They're more likely to kick some of us out of the mm. Colin Bell and the East because the prime seats and ask us, would you like, you will double your price and you can get a sandwich in a parking space or you can go into the new bit. And I actually think they're increasing the capacity at that end to be able to corporatize some of the stuff on the side. And we'll end up with a, almost like a club Wembley on either side. I personally think, I mean, they haven't said that to me, but the way they talk, that's my honest personal, only personal. Well, they've just done it. They've just done it on the, uh, on the East stand in Pep's corner. And uh, obviously, right. some of that was seasonal, and some of it was match day. Yeah, um, and, and I know that they wish they'd done more match day now. So, oh, that, yeah, I bet they do. Yeah, it, it's fair to say that. Uh, I mean, our seats are in still. Let's call it the padded section, and yeah. I'm fully expecting the invitation you refer to. Yeah. So I think I think if they time it right for me, it'll be there. You go. Have yourself a, a, a low price seat for a couple of years and move to the noisy bit. Yeah, I'll do me. Well, I actually think uh, it's only my opinion. I'm not. If I had inside info, I'd tell you. But uh, it, it, that's the way it's going. They opened something called Kits Bar, uh, which you might know about, which is in the uh, East Stand. And basically, what's happened is the people who are in there. I might get this wrong. They've either got a year at their old price with the extra bits of corporate, um, but most of them will take the gear and then move out. You know, they'll move out to somewhere else in the stadium. I'm sure. Uh, what surprises me is. City do this kind of, I don't know if other clubs do it, they almost do this mid-table kind of corporate where you don't really get a great deal for your for your money. You get a great seat and you get a parking space. Some people might like that, but you're not going to drink if, you park, if you're parking and driving. And you get like a programme and one drink. You don't, re- you know, it's not like three-course meal and, you know, and comedian or anything. It's it, You don't get a great deal for it, but that goes down. Well, that sells out. Um, that's what they tell me. Because when I say to them, nah, what, what's the point of kicking good old season ticket holders out of there for this? But they say, well, it's popular. It sells out. But I think you're right. We'll go down the route soon of expanding the capacity so they can create more corporate and ask people to kindly move into it. This has been the type of podcast where, um, you know, it sort of blows your mind a bit because you've been throwing lots of information at us, which I really appreciate, uh, particularly Mark and, and Andy, but also the insight that, that Paul has given us too. So thanks for that. I think it's been a, a lot of information to digest. So I'm sure it's something we'll revisit. Um, 
So just before uh, I finish off with looking ahead to what's to come, just a reminder that I uh, just want to thank uh, Howard Solicitors in Ashton and Stockport. They specialise in personal injury claims on a no-win, no-fee basis. So if you've had an accident and it wasn't your fault, give them a shout and they'll try and help you. Law at howardsolicitors.com or 0161 872 um, We haven't talked about the football. Obviously, City have won two games um, and still have that, that gap to Arsenal. Five points, eight points if Arsenal win their game in hand. And ironically, next up, it is Arsenal at the Etihad in the FA Cup. I would imagine that neither team will field what we would regard as their strongest eleven, possibly because psychologically, whoever loses that game, and somebody will, or like could go to a replay, will be able to say, ah, but we didn't field our strongest team. Um, and I think that is a big part of what's still to come because in the middle of next month, I think it's only three and a half weeks away, City actually travelled to the Emirates in the Premier League and that could be almost a title decider. I know it sounds a bit dramatic when it's only the middle of February and we've only just gone past the halfway, but it does feel that, like that. So I just wonder to finish off with, your, you three, what are your thoughts on how City should approach it? You know, there, there could be a train of thought that Arsenal and City both want to get go out of the competition so that they can concentrate on the Premier League. You know, I, I, you, you tell me what your thoughts are, Paul. Let's start with you. Um. <clears throat> I like to win every game, uh, to be honest. Um, so gutted when we lost at Southampton then? Devastated, mate. It was shocking. It was shocking. Um, we've not turned up all season. I think this is one of the worst seasons in recent history that we've been watching. But it's a bit of a transitional season. It's a, You know, these players have left and, and all the rest of it. So um, it's a very different sort of season. We've got problems with... VAR, we've changed the, the the guy who's running VAR, so he's obviously moved the bar to the levels of you know what gets looked at and what doesn't get looked at. I think there was a few few decisions today that looked like there were stonewall penalties and what have you, and I've not seen a replay, so I can only comment. So it's been a bit of a different <clears throat> bit of a different season. Um, and again, that might be why the, the atmosphere has you know been mentioned. Um, I like to win everything, but I think from what Pep was saying in the press conference, I might have misheard it or misinterpreted it, but I'm pretty sure he turned around and said, the league's gone. All I'm interested in is the Champions League. Uh, we're out of the cup. Um, all we're interested in is the Champions League now. Um, if that's the case, um, I still feel we need to win matches. Give players who need a rocket up the backside um, the opportunity to prove themselves on, on Friday night. Um, and, you know, field a strong we can't field a weak side to be honest can we you know it's let's have it right we've got you know one of the best benches in the, in the, in the, in the league so I like to win everything so I think we should be putting out a, a decent strong side with possibility of resting a couple of players maybe um, Phil Foden's not featured recently I don't know the reason for his injury or we've had some petulant behaviour maybe in training I don't know don't know. So maybe he needs to run out and a few others. Um, but yeah, I want to win everything. Um, I'd love to win the FA Cup and I'd love to uh, win the Champions League and the league. That'd be nice. Mark? Yeah, I mean, think of the players who are not getting a game at the moment. You know, Foden, Bernardo hardly playing, Cancelo nowhere near the pitch. Um, Walker. Walker. 
I mean, these, and I'm not the, the players who've taken their place, <coughs> especially in the last game and a half, you know. So the players who are not getting inside used to be first team picks, you know, straight in. So we've got a good enough gang of people to play in that match against Arsenal. Exactly as Paul says, no such thing as a weak Man City team. And I actually think we should, with those, this is an opportunity for them to go for it and go and batter Arsenal. If, if Arsenal don't put a first team out, we've got no excuse because they haven't got the depth we've got. They've got a really good 11, 12, 13 maybe. Um, and they are good and they're on fire at the moment. And I always feel with Arsenal, things are just going for them exactly as you would want if you want to have a tilt at the league, you know. So I was getting that shocking decision at United um, with the offside. We'd have won that game, no doubt in my mind, if we hadn't let that goal in, that hadn't been given. Um, so there's three points. You know, you know, Arsenal playing in a really important derby and a bloody Tottenham goalie throws the ball in the net. It reminds me of Liverpool, won it? it? You know, when they just couldn't stop winning, even when they were garbage. And I actually think Arsenal got a great team. I'm not decrying the team. It's going for them a little bit. Luckily, we're not 10 games from the end of the season. We've got half a season to go. And I'm hoping it switches. And I just felt like today might have been a turning point for us. If we don't catch them, fine. But it might be a turning point for us in the way we approach the rest of the season. So a final comment from you, Andy. And so I'm going to ask you a slightly different question. Um, whatever teams are selected, do you think that if City were to go out and beat Arsenal on Friday night, that would be a huge psychological, psychologically damaging blow to Arsenal? Or is the psychology of the title race irrelevant on Friday night? And who's going to win anyway? I don't think Friday matters at all in the uh, in the long run for the league, um, to be honest, because it's a bit of a free hit. Nobody's going to come in. Arsenal would not come and play an FA Cup tie in the same way at the Etihad if it was a Premier League game in my opinion. So I expect a, a bit more of an open game than we'd normally expect. Unfortunately, that means we've put in, in our number two keeper and least said, less mended is what I'm about to say there, really, after the performance against Southampton. So I'm not optimistic about Friday, if I'm honest, because um, I don't think that it is our priority and I, and I expect that we will have a very heavy bench and expect to recover any deficit that occurs as a result of us going behind, which I expect on Friday. So a bit pessimistic, really. And it only matters, as you say, mid-Feb, when we go down there, and I expect us to go out guns blazing, as we've done in other uh, seasons down in London, when it mattered against them, against Chelsea. And unfortunately, Tottenham's the only place apart from Wembley where we had that fantastic uh, performance full of character in another title-winning season. So I, I don't think it really has a bearing. I, I won't read a great deal into it. And for me, yeah, a semi-final at Wembley and a final at Wembley. I just referred to Paul's comments earlier. You know, we'd cry to get there one day uh, many years ago. A little town, a shitty place in London that we're never going to see. I remember that song. And actually, it turns out to be a bit of a pain in the bum. Uh, for me, uh, the cost is horrendous. So it's lost a little bit of its magic just because we've become successful and the, and winning the Premier League is just incredible. Um, well, Pep was talking about you, Andy. <laughs> 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 Do 
You're getting Bloody nice, right, he was. Bloody nice, right, he was. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Well, <laughs> better threesome on this podcast because you've, you've all offered real real insight and lots of things to think about uh, and i hope if, if you've not listened to the podcast before or you want it dips in and out this is the type of standard i aim for so thanks very much to mark to andy and to paul and to you for listening to our solicitors of course and uh, we'll have another podcast which we'll record after uh, i think it's going to be with Gary Owen next week and it'll probably be recorded at some point on Saturday the day after the uh, the Arsenal game so um, uh, make sure you listen to that and obviously have to go and check out the YouTube uh, vlog as well because um, some really good contributors to that too. Have a good week uh, if you see me at uh, the Etihad on Friday night come and say hello uh, but one thing that you must never ever forget, win, lose or draw, isn't it great to be a blue? Mm-hmm.